So um, on the count of three, I would like you all to yell at me and shout out your hometown where you grew up, all right? So ready? One, two, three. For real? I heard that. That's awesome. All right, I got that all. Thank you for that download. That's really good. Um, my hometown, think about your hometown for a second. I mean, are you proud of it? Like, do you like going back to it? Do you think that it's pretty awesome? Um, my hometown was, um, well, I grew up in a couple of different spots. I actually lived in Seattle for a year. That w- it was real rainy and kind of sad, so we came back. Um, but uh, Lansing, Illinois is where I grew up. And uh, there uh, was a lot of interesting things about Lansing, maybe like your hometown. But St. Anne's Church had a really big parking lot with a steep hill in the back. So we would skateboard down that. That was pretty awesome. And we would definitely like hurt ourselves doing that as well. Um, There was a a little arcade called Tokens. That that is where I got all of my skill for Miss Pac-Man like nailed down. That's where it's all, that's where it all happened. Um, and then there was um, a park that had this huge drain pipe. It was probably like four feet wide. And it kind of like, like went into like the deep recesses of the earth. And when it would be winter time, me and my buddies, we would go there and we would go into with flashlights into the drain pipe on the frozen ice as far as we could. How many of you know that's not a good idea? Yeah, so we would do that, um, and, and we would only go about to the time that we would, like, start, like, um, not seeing daylight anymore, and then we would freak out, and we'd run back out. So it wasn't that dangerous, but it was pretty dangerous. Um, and then the other thing, um, Room of Grace. Is there a Room of Grace here? Because what we did is that um, we were a little mischievous, like, in that junior high zone, you know what I mean? Not that anybody in junior high is ever mischievous, but... Uh, you know, we got our wrist rockets, you know, those slingshots, you know, we would go. So one day we were like, you know what, those streetlights look like good targets. And so we went and shot out all the streetlights down Dan Moriarty's block, which was pretty cool. Um, but probably worse than that is then we rode our bikes to the police station and told them that you ought to get somebody on that because there's no streetlights on that street right now. So I don't know if we were trying to redeem that moment. I don't know, but it definitely is twisted and wrong, right? So I don't know what you think about your hometown, but, you know, in ancient times, hometowns were a big deal. And even, ta- even now, like in, in uh, villages around the world, you know, vill- villages are very kind of tight-knit. They're very much, everyone knows everybody. Everyone knows everybody's business. Everybody, it's, it's a very close-knit, and it's like hard to even break into those, those villages. And, and I don't know, but I think that's a little bit lost on us today. You know, Jesus' um, his, his hometown was Nazareth. And it's interesting that Nazareth is where he grew up because maybe you didn't know this, but that was where Mary grew up as well. Um, When Joseph and Mary returned from Egypt and they were deciding where to go, they decided to go to Nazareth. And so as they kind of got there, you know, Jesus grew up in a place where his mom was well known and where he really had a lot going on. We're going to read about his hometown and what happened there later in his life, but before I do, can I get some help with Bibles? I just want to be able to get you guys those Bibles now and give you a second to be able to turn. If you're going to look it up on your phone or in your Bible, this is going to be the spot we're going to go. You're going to go to Mark chapter 6, and we're going to read verses, um, starting with verse 1. And in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, maybe you don't know a whole lot about that town. 
I mean, we think about, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, but we don't really think about what that hometown was really like. Well, to be, to be honest, that hometown was probably just, if you want a Bible, raise your hand, keep your hand up there. We got a couple more. Keep them up there. They'll, they'll find you eventually. We got one up here, Pat. Mr. Caleb. And so Nazareth was actually just a couple of hundred people. Not a real big town. Not really crazy. And in about 4 BC, possibly right around the time when Jesus would be coming to Nazareth as a child, there was kind of a, a not an insurrection, but with there, there was a, a, an armory, a Roman armory that was um, ransacked and everything was stolen out of that armory. And the Romans didn't like that. And so what they did just about four miles away from Nazareth is they crucified about 2,000 Jews. Just four miles from where Jesus grew up. Right about the time that he was arriving there, there were 2,000 Jews that were killed. Then just um, within that decade, so while Jesus was growing up as, as a child, there was another um, thing that happened where one of the, uh, one of the Jews rose up and, and basically created and started a tax revolt where he encouraged all the Jews to not pay their taxes. And the Romans didn't like that either. And um, more were crucified at that time just um, in that area. And so when you think about your hometown and kind of what was happening while you were growing up and what the dynamics were, whether everybody was of the same skin color or multiple or, or not, or what the dynamics were of like the socioeconomic status of people that grew up in your hometown, or what the amount of crime was in your hometown. Think about the fact that near Jesus' hometown, just a stone's throw away, there were 2,000 plus Jews that were crucified. And then as he grows up and he begins his ministry, and he begins to, to preach, and he begins to speak about what he, is, he stands for, and all of those things, and, and we're about to get to it, he comes back to his hometown, and he's preaching things like, love your enemy. You can kind of see where Jesus is, is a little bit, it's a little hard pill to swallow when, you know, Jesus the kid that grew up in town, comes back to town. We know all of his family, all of his siblings. We know everybody. We know what he did before he left. And now he's preaching, love your enemies. Do you not understand that we are like literally diametrically opposed to the Romans and we want to take them out? So and in Mark chapter 6 is where we actually are going to um, just pick up a little bit of what is happening. Jesus um, was... was this is during his ministry, and he returns to his hometown. It says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Stop right there. Everybody say, amazed. amazed. Now, if you remember from last week, we looked at the book of Luke, and how Luke just could not stop talking about how amazing Jesus was, right? We probably looked at like 10 or 12 different passages out of Luke. We're constantly saying people were amazed at what he said. People were in awe of what he did. People were astonished by what he was all about. They could not get enough of this guy. This is what we learned last week. And here again, Mark now is saying the people were amazed who heard him say what he was saying. So this is Amazing Jesus part two. 
Let's keep reading. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Everybody say, take offense. Man, they take offense at him. I mean, questions are good. We love questions at second place. But man, questions with the wrong motive, right, can be dangerous. And these people were coming at Jesus and saying, who is this guy? And when he, they say to him, you know what, isn't this Mary's son? There could be that, that Joseph is no longer around at this time, that, that he's, he's passed away. But in ancient times, they probably would have still said, isn't this Joseph's son? But in ancient times, when you say, isn't this Mary's son, it would have been more of an insult because they didn't re reference his father. They referenced his mother, also in her hometown. So there's like dynamics happening there. They're questioning him. They're questioning his identity. They're, they're questioning um, his miracles, his words, all that stuff. Let's go to the next slide. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except to lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed. Everyone say amazed. He was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith. We see here that Jesus was not able to do any miracles there except to lay his hands on a few people and heal them. There was no limit to his power, right? I mean, Jesus is just as amazing here in Mark as he is in Luke. He's just as amazing now as he was then, right? Some of us have tapped into that and understand that. Some of us are kind of coming into knowledge of that. Some of us don't believe that, but I'm going to tell you right now, if he was amazing back then, the Jesus that, that, that walked this earth, that said what he did and did what he did, we know that he's just as amazing now as he was then. And yet, he didn't have the ability. The reason is because his purpose was that he would work miracles in the presence of faith. That his miracles would be something that he would make happen in the presence of faith. So there's something about faith that attracted Jesus and caused Jesus to, to create these moments where miraculous things would happen. But I want to just focus on that last line there for a second. Because last week was about amazing Jesus. This week is about amazing Jesus too. But it's the fact that we can amaze Jesus. And let that settle in for a second. Because that might not be like... like something that's very like normal to think, that we can amaze God. I mean, he knows everything. But here it says that he was amazed. He was amazed at their lack of faith. For me, um, this is challenging because it starts, it starts to, to think about, um, you know, am I amazing Jesus by my lack of faith? And maybe you don't know this, um, there's two things primarily that amaze Jesus in Scripture. Um, this is one of them. I wonder what the second one is. 
before we go there, why don't you guys uh, take a minute? Why don't we stand up? Why don't you share with someone around you, greet them, say hello, and let them know what your hometown is and uh, maybe something devious you did there. All right? Go ahead, stand up now and say hello. If you still have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. We're going to reopen. You have to turn to the left a little bit. And we're going to read verses 1 through 10. But when you kind of like really sit with this idea that we have the ability to amaze God in two primary ways, it's kind of like dumbfounding, right? It's kind of like what is going on? And I think when we see that there is a wonder about this, that, man, is challenging to me. Before I read Luke chapter 7, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us through this passage. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for all of us being together. Lord, we ask right now, God, that you would teach us, Holy Spirit, through your word. Lord, that you would open up our eyes, not just our physical eyes, but the eyes of our heart, that we might be able to be changed. Help us to be different when we walk out today. Maybe, Lord God, believe in you for something that we weren't in the, when we walked in. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. So Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, it says this, When Jesus had finished saying this to the people who were listening, he entered, entered Capernaum. Now, Capernaum was basically, whereas Nazareth was Jesus' childhood home, Capernaum was more of his headquarters, kind of his home base. He did a ton of his miracles in this town. And this is right along the Sea of Galilee. And this is um, where he's at when this happens. It says that their uh, centurion servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So this guy is an interesting cat because it's a Roman centurion, but he is a friend of the Jews. Somehow he has endeared himself to them to the point of which he's actually helped them build their synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. For I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, everyone say, everyone say, say the word. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And, I, and that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. Everyone say amazed. amazed. He was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. And then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. The first thing that can amaze Jesus is a lack of faith. The second thing that can amaze Jesus is faith. Jesus was amazed at the centurion's faith to believe that he would heal his servant. Those are the two things that we have to wrestle with today. We can amaze Jesus with our lack of faith, or we can amaze Jesus with our faith. Awkward question. 
which do you seem to amaze Jesus more with? Does my faith or my lack of faith amaze Jesus? I would argue that all of us are amazing Jesus right now. We're just amazing him with our lack of faith or with our faith. And as I think about that, it's really challenging. I was with uh, some buddies uh, Friday night, and we were talking about stuff, and, and, and I, I kind of talked about this, and we, we were talking about this passage, and we, we asked the question, like, okay, so like right now, like right now, as a team, as some guys that are hanging out here, like, do you think that we amaze Jesus more by our, by our faith or lack of faith? And we all agreed, lack of faith. And why is that? Why? And we can, if you haven't been here in a while or not been here before, this is interactive time. Like, why do you think that we typically fall into the camp of a lack of faith in Jesus instead of having faith in Jesus for maybe big things? Anybody have any ideas? What's that? Fear. Fear. Yeah, that's good. If I come down here, is it more personal? What's that? Complacency. Complacency. Yeah. What was that? Control. Ooh, control. What do you mean by that? Yeah. I don't want to leave the situation to, to God. I want to be able to control what's happening. Pride. Pride. How so? I don't need God. I was, kind of, I was kind of searching for that, Matt, a little bit. Because in our culture, in our area, think about, think about like, all the things that you are like, in desperate need of, like the basics. You know? Thankfully, everyone found a, a, an outfit to wear today. Um, some of us probably skipped breakfast, um, but that might have been by choice, not because there wasn't any food in the house, Right? All of you, oh, by the way, were able to, like, think about that while you weren't being rained on, you know. You had a, a roof over your head. And in our culture, we just don't need God for a whole lot of things, right? So our faith in God comes down to, well, do you believe that he died? Yep, okay, got my ticket, punch it, going to heaven, cool. But how do we move into deciding and, and moving into this, this pursuit of a faith in, in this amazing Jesus that actually amazes Jesus. I think that part of it is that um, even like the Pharisees and, and the religious elite back then and people in general, they would try to amaze Jesus or amaze God through a few different ways. And this is how we do it still today. Nothing has changed. Typically, it's by what we do. So we'll say, oh, well, you know what? I got up and prayed early today. Okay, good. That's awesome. You know, I went to church. Check that box. I'm doing all the right things. I mean, I'm saying nice things. I'm doing all that. You know, what we say, you know, that's also something we look at. Like, well, look, I don't have a, a filthy mouth. You know what? I don't gossip. I don't do all these things. Great, great, great. Check that box. Or what we have, this is definitely for sure like back in the day when Jesus walked the earth. Man, if someone was rich, they had the blessing of God on them. 
If someone was healthy, they had the blessing of God on them. But if they were sick or they were, or they were injured or paralyzed, man, they were cursed by God. Or maybe, yeah, if, if we have a lot of money, maybe we're driving the, the cool car, maybe we're, we're living in the cool zip code or whatever, and we have the things that we think we need, and we're amazing Jesus, we're pleasing God, we're somehow in his favor. Or what we think, you know? This is always a thing, too. Like, when we really get into it, it's like, well, man, I'm keeping my thought life pure. I'm, I'm, being, I'm able to kind of, like, think about good things, things that are noble and things that are, are just, and it's always good. That's awesome. Or what we feel, like, hey, you know what? I feel, like, compassion for these situations that we hear about at Second Place or, or on the news, and I have compassion for them, and I want to help out and all those things. And I'll tell you right now, that's really cool, but all of that are just a bunch of checkboxes, guys. The question is whether or not do we place our trust inherently 100% in Jesus and say, man, there is nothing else in this world that matters more than having a relationship with Jesus and trusting him to do what he says that he's going to do. You guys get that? I, I said this last week. I can't, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get off of like move, moving away from this Jesus guy, but I can't do it, Kate. I can't do it. Like, all I do, keep doing is coming back to Jesus and saying, you know what? He is where the source is. That's where it's at. Because like last week I said, you always let you down. Other people always let you down. Stuff always lets you down. But somehow, someway, when we put, place our trust in Jesus, then we know that we are secure. We were talking last night, Dave uh, and, and Valerie led a great equip class about what about other religions? And we talked a lot about Jesus and how some of the other religions even like speak to that. But what we understand at second place is that Jesus is the way to the Father, right? And when we know that, we can trust him. No matter what struggle we're going through, that's where faith comes in, right? We're, we're, no matter what struggle we're going through, no matter what we're facing, that when we place our trust in God, we know that the present struggles don't compare to the riches that we will see in eternity, right? Really, really easy to say, really hard to live out when you're going through hell on earth. There's a great... Um, couple of definitions of faith. One is faith is confident trust. Faith is confident trust. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, you know, um, you didn't have enough faith. You need more faith. What you need is trust. Like a rock solid, anchored, not moving trust that you cannot be thrown off of. This, is, this takes time, guys. To be able to trust God, to give your life away, to be able to say, I surrender it all because I trust you inherently. This is a confident trust. That is faith. And that, that comes to play when life doesn't go the way that we want it to go, the way that we think it should go. It's when we have to place our trust in something that sometimes and we cannot see, we cannot feel. Sometimes we don't know if he's around, but we place our trust there and we hold on. And the reason it takes time is because we're emotional. Anybody emotional in the room? Y'all liars. That's all y'all. Y'all are liars. 
We're emotional beings. Like we, we get all wrapped up in what's going on and who said what and what's the, what's the, what does my bank account look like? What does my job outlook look like? Why can't I find a job? Where am I going to get that next promotion? Why can't I get gas in my, whatever it is. All this stuff is something that we just emotionally get wrapped up in and then what happens is the anchor gets chipped away at. The anchor gets chipped away to the point where we're like, well, maybe, maybe there's something else. Maybe I need to do something myself. Maybe, and yeah, there's a balance. I get that. All you logical folks out there, Matt Boomsma, you're like, but yeah, faith is based on, is based on fact as well. Absolutely. But there's something about confidently trusting Jesus, no matter what the situation looks like, and believing that he's going to do what he says he does. The other way to say this is that faith derives its value not from the one who expresses it. So guess what? Everybody say, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's but from the one in which it rests. Amazing Jesus last week, the one that Luke talked about, the one that did all of the miracles and continues to do those miracles, the, the one that saved me, saved you, is going to be able to see us through to the end. This is what it's all about is that we put, I don't know, we rest our trust and our faith in him and we hold on for dear life no matter what. We, uh, we read a prayer at the beginning of this series, this Discover the Wonder series, called Disturb Us. And it went like this, Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little. When we arrive safely because we sailed too close to the shore. This is a picture of a lack of faith. This, this paragraph for sure amazes Jesus. Because really? You were pleased with yourself? Wow, okay. Really? You're, you're happy that your dreams came true? Because you dreamed too little? Wow. Oh, you arrived safely. Good, good, good. You, 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 but you sailed so close to the shore. Wow. So what does this look like for us? I mean, what is it? I mean, hopefully you're wrestling with this right now. Lack of faith, faith. Lack of faith, faith. Um, let's just get practical with it real quick. Let's uh, have a couple of folks from that Kenya team come on up. We have a team going to Kenya this Tuesday all the way to Nairobi. Give it up for these guys. This is Lisa, and she is leading the team, which is pretty awesome. Move this out of the way. And so what I wanted to do was kind of, well, let's hear from, like, let's, let's meet everybody. Is that cool? Um, but I wanted to hear from, um, from some of them about, like, what does taking, what does this trip mean to you in terms of your faith and, and taking a step of faith? So introduce your team. Yeah, so um, my name is Lisa Hypelius, and I'll kind of let everyone introduce themselves here and share a little bit about the faith that we've had in, in leading up to this trip. Um, you know, for, for me personally, you know, I had been to, to Kenya last year on the trip and had gone with Dave Short. And so um, this year, not having Dave and leading this amazing group of people has been, you know, really a, a huge step of faith in trusting the Lord to provide those leadership skills in me um, that I kind of see in Dave. And, and I'm really kind of trying to be able to lead the team well in that aspect. So I think just trusting him that he's going to show up and, and be able to provide that um, is, is a big deal. You know, it's, it's a huge step of faith so so yeah so I'm Mackenzie Beers 
um, and I'm going to Kenya. And um, a big thing I've been um, working with is faith in God while we're there and seeing how he's going to be moving in Kenya. Because I know he's already in Kenya moving, and he's been working in our hearts and preparing us to go on this trip. And um, a conversation I had with a coworker actually last week, he was questioning me. I'm like, why? Why are you going? Like, Kenya is such, like, a dangerous place to be. Like, aren't you scared? And I was like, no, I'm not, because God is so much bigger than all those dangers that we can face, because God goes with us wherever we're going to go, and he's moving in Kenya, and I'm just so excited to just, like, have no fear to just go out there and just share God's word and just love on those Kenyan people. I'm so excited. And um, I'm Chelsea Beers. I'm Alex Salgado. <laughs> I'm Destiny Payton. <laughs> I'm Blessing. Short. Marie. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm Sydney Tyler, and um, one of the things that I was thinking about is just like me taking that step of faith to trust in the Lord to go, because um, when Dave asked me about it, I was like, um, sure, like I was really questioning it. I was like, am I ready? Am I like at the right point in my faith walk? And the reality is, I don't think anyone's ever going to be at a certain point or a right point. It's just are you willing to take that step of faith like we talked about and believe in, like, and trust in Jesus? And some of my friends asked me, like, are you nervous? Like, are you scared to go? And I said, I mean, you would think I would be, but uh, it's my first time out of the country and, like, experiencing something different. Um, but mostly I haven't been nervous about that because I felt like the Lord was calling me to it this time. Um, it wasn't something I felt like I needed to check off of a list saying, I'm going on a mission trip, I've done it. Um, and I wanted to make sure I wasn't in that place because I wanted to make sure I could see the Lord in it. And I know he's been in it all the way from when they went last year and that's going again. But um, just taking that step in faith and knowing that the Lord will give you the peace and um, trusting in him the whole way. So, I'm Tori Koenig. I'm Melissa Koenig. I'm Mike Koenig. And... Uh, so faith in this trip, it started right from the beginning, actually. Um, that At first, we didn't think that we were going to have enough people to actually do the trip. And uh, so our faith was rewarded in that uh, the Lord sent all these wonderful people to be a part of our team. And uh, and the next thing was uh, finances for a lot of people. That was a huge, huge uh, step of faith, hoping that uh, the finances would come in and for everybody that they did. So that was awesome. Um, and now, uh, as we leave and go, um, faith that you know we will have uh, God will put the, the the right words in our mouth to to communicate with everybody, give us a loving spirit towards everybody that's uh, that we come across there, um, and you know just have Him use us in whatever way that He sees fit. Awesome. So yeah, the Lord rewarded you with. A team of ladies. My goodness, guys, where's your faith at, man? I'm going to throw you on a bus right now. Like, good night. Dude, give it up, bro. Like, like you've got some faith. Well, yeah. Let's pray for Mike and the whole team. And just send them off um, in, in the best way possible. This is, uh, this is part of us that's leaving, right? And uh, we're, we're so thankful that you all are going to be like Jesus' hands and feet, but an extension of us as well. So it's pretty awesome. So Heavenly Father, we lift this team up to you, God. 
And we pray, Lord God, your blessing upon this trip. Lord, we step out in faith along with them, trusting you. Um, first and foremost, Lord, that you would be with them, that you would guide and direct every single step of this trip. Lord, that you would provide the leadership skills that Lisa has been praying for, that you would allow her to make the decisions when they need to be made, that you would be able to navigate the unexpected as it comes. Lord, for everyone else on the team as well, that they would simply just be so sensitive to your spirit and to what is happening around them. Lord, I pray that the team dynamics would be awesome, that they would be able to see so many amazing things happen, that they would see children come to the Lord, they would see adults come to the Lord, they would see people that maybe were so far from God, that they would see people healed, that they would see people come from, from the darkness into the light. And Lord, that you would use them and that you would show them, Lord, that there is going to be things and that there will be stories that they will tell that go way beyond what they can even think of right now. Lord, they don't know what they've said yes to. They don't know what there is about to happen. But Lord, we are just going to be back here supporting them in prayer. But also, Lord God, we know that you're going to be with them. So Lord, we pray again a blessing upon this trip that you would make it fruitful, Lord God, in a huge way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys. Give it up for these guys as they head out to Kenya. What time do you guys leave on Tuesday? What time do you guys leave? In the morning? Oh, p.m. Oh, good night. You guys are going through the night. Good luck. But that's what it's all about, right, is stepping out and trusting God for something big. You heard what they said. A lot of times when, we, when, they, when they stepped out to go on that trip, they had no idea how they would pay for it, how it would work out, how would they, what they would do when they got there exactly. All of those things are things that they had to trust God for. And so, man, where is that in your life? Let's end with, um, and the, the band can, can, can come up. I'm just going to kind of throw some questions your way. And I want us to, if you, you're taking notes, you can write these down. Um, but these are the questions that I think are the ones that need, we need to wrestle with. Do I amaze Jesus more often by my faith or my lack of faith? Another question. Where do I find it difficult to trust Jesus and why? I think the why part of that is really what gets at it, right? Is to identify, get specific about the areas of your life where you find it difficult to trust Jesus and why. How can we continue to pursue the kind of trust that amazes Jesus? Um, maybe ask this question, where do I need to trust God more? Where do I need to trust Jesus more? Or what step of faith do I need to take? As you let these kind of like wash over you, some of these are going to stand out to you and be like, I want to answer that one. What step of faith do I need to take? Get specific. How can I show my trust in Jesus? I mean, we went down the list of things, but how can we really demonstrate our trust in Jesus? Who can I pursue this type of faith with? Who can pursue this type of faith with me? That's a community piece. That's growth groups. 
That's friendships. It's being able to spur each other on, to believe for more. Why do I want to trust Jesus more? Gets out a motive question. Well, Jesus, the centurion had faith, you know, and his, his servant was healed. I want to be rich. I believe you can make me rich. Motives, right? Why do I want to trust Jesus more? And then what would happen if we all amazed Jesus by our faith, by the trust that we have in him? Well, let me tell you, here's what I think would happen. I think that, um, and, and I believe that this is already happening to some degree, but we would become known as people who believe God for big things. That it's not like, oh, yeah, you know, Amy goes to church. Mm-hmm, yep. No, but Amy, Amy knows this Jesus, and she believes for big things, like crazy things. Like going to Kenya, that's crazy. For a relationship to be restored, it's crazy. It's been broken for years, it's crazy. Man, I think that when we become known for our faith in Jesus, it will honestly blow away this community. And it's beginning to happen because he's moving in your life and my life Many stories that I hear, I get to hear them. You know, this is an amazing place to see God move. And I just want you to, I want you to know that even if you sense God moving in your life, there's more. And if you don't feel God moving in your life, he's ready to move. He's ready to move. And I like the disturb us prayer. But I think we should rewrite it, and it should be written something like this. Disturb us, Lord, when we are so displeased with ourselves. When things beyond our wildest imagination have come true because we have dreamed with you. When we arrived safely because we sailed so incredibly far from the shore and you proved faithful. You see, if we become known for our faith, Jesus will meet us. And the things that we can't even imagine right now will be things that we will say God did. And we're going to sail so far away from the shore, so incredibly far away, but we don't have to worry because we know the captain of the ship and we know that he commands the wind and the waves, right? And it's going to be dangerous and it's going to be risky and it's going to be scary, but you know what? We're going to be okay and we're going to arrive safely. Man, we're going to sing some songs. I, I love going into music right now because it allows us to wrestle with what we just heard. The example of the centurion who was really an outsider and Jesus healed his servant, that we're able to think about that and the idea of lack of faith or faith. God, what am I, where am I amazing you more right now? So why don't we stand and as we go, I want you as we go into this music time, that you are able to wrestle with that and to just find a place in the warehouse. You guys know the drill. Like, if you need to find a spot to go and pray and kneel, wherever you need to go, you're able to do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for today.
We thank you for your word. We thank you for the example we saw in Mark. It kind of shows us a little bit of something that, Lord, we're, we're not wanting to be like. And Lord, we see the example in Luke 7, in the Roman centurion, and the way that his faith amazed you. Lord, we're acknowledging right now that there's something about faith that attracts you. There's something about faith that draws you in. Lord God, I pray that our faith in this room would be increased. Lord, that we would move from amazing you with a lack of faith to amazing you with faith. That we would believe for more. Even though we woke up today and we had clothes and we had food and we had shelter, Lord, that we would somehow believe for more. For the outrageous. And Lord, when you see that faith, you will meet us, Lord God. Just like you met those that brought the paralytic before you. And you said, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. And Lord, we, we pray, Lord God, that that might be the place that amazes us the most. Is that we need to put our faith in you to forgive us. To wipe our slate clean as we put you first in our life. Lord, some of us are going to do that in the next few minutes during these songs. To totally surrender and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you inherently, God, for more. I trust you for my soul. I trust you for the forgiveness that you offer. I trust you for my family. I trust you for my spouse, my kids, my friends, my community, my church. Lord, hear us as we sing. Listening to Joe and the message, and I was thinking about the, the gentleman that they just couldn't get past what they saw in the natural. This is Mary's son, Nazareth. They just couldn't get past what they were seeing before their eyes. Where the centurion man was not looking at the natural. What he saw was that his servant was sick, he had just been delayed by the woman with the issue of blood. What's going on? He wasn't moved by what he saw. He totally trusted that God's word was powerful and strong. And I think sometimes we have to get, our faith has to get past what we see in the natural. We got to get past what we feel, what we're experiencing, what we have experienced up until this time. We got to get past that. And some of you got to stop telling God how big your mountains are and your challenges are and start telling your challenges and your mountains how big God is right we are stuck with seeing the mountains and the challenges and we keep saying to God and belly aching and saying all these things like, oh God this 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 and and God's saying will you get past that will you get past what you're seeing in the natural will you start trusting in me and believing that I am much bigger than what you're facing and start telling those things how big your God is in the face of all of that. Hello? So we need to just lift our voices and declare past what we feel, what we see, what we sense, who God is, and speak those things over those things that seem to be challenges and mountains right to us. Right? Hello? All right. Let's worship. Sing. Whatever it is. Whatever we want to call it. To him who's great and mighty. Amen? So Lord, we apologize for those lyrics because you don't just make the darkness tremble. 
Lord, you make it flee. You cast it out. Lord, I pray right now for all of us in the room that the fear that maybe is holding us back from taking that step of faith, Lord, I pray that we would trust you through that. Lord, your grace is so powerful. It is so powerful, and it is difficult for us to imagine what's on the other side of that step of faith. When we pass through that grace, when we surrender everything to you and release control and ask you, Lord God, to come into our life, when that happens and we pass through that that grace, Lord God, what happens on the other side is unbelievable, but it is so scary to take that step. And so, Lord, we pray right now that our hearts would be courageous right now to trust you, to walk into that grace, to trust you to maybe entrust our story with others, that we might be able to receive grace from others. Where we don't think it's going to happen, and we're fearful of what people will say if we share our story. Lord, I pray that we would be courageous, that we would walk into that room of grace, and that we would share, and Lord, we would experience the tangible love and grace of you, Jesus. Lord, for all of us in this room that pack away things and pack away fears and are, are just holding on, Lord, I pray that we would have that courage right now. And Lord, as we do that, that we would become light in dark places. That your Holy Spirit would move in inside, in and through us and allow us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Or whether we're in Kenya this week or whether we're in our hometown this week, Lord, that you would allow us to be used by you. We thank you for all this. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this one more time.